Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Out of Bounds. I'm one of your co-hosts, BJ. I got Junie with me. Soon to join us, KG, Big Jim. What's going on, KG? What's going on, Junie? What's up, man? How y'all doing today? What's happening now? Hey, man, we come to you on a Sunday. A whole bunch to talk about today. We'll try not to blow your ears off. Um... Combine officially, the uh, workout drill started Friday. Uh, I've been glued to the TV as much as I can. Y'all have y'all been have y'all had a chance to watch any of it? I've been not much lights. Hey man, it's been some. Uh, I, I think the um, probably the most impressive so far. It, it's a couple couple standout performances, but I think the. Uh, Probably the most impressive so far is Saquon Barkley, the uh, running back out of Penn State. <laughs> and man, he when you it's it's not he he destroyed the combine, and he just he just took over it. The, the bench press knocked out the the forty, so he really did his thing, and uh, and re- re- I mean he. I think everybody was waiting for him, but he really impressed everybody. So, KG, I know you've got something you want to get off your chest, man. Before we go into anything else, we're going to let you open up the floor, and we're going to get into the rest of the program today, man. Take it away, man. All right. How's everybody doing? Hey, man, we're doing good, man. Doing good. How about yourself? I'm feeling it, man. I'm feeling it. Now, today is March 4th. Every March 4th, I do the same thing, whether it be Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Today, I remember, and I think everybody should take time to remember a a great basketball player in Hank Gellis. He passed away 28 28 years ago today. Now, in his final season, Hank averaged 29 points and 10 rebounds. He was the 89 scoring champ and rebounding champ. Now, imagine that. This man pulled down 30 rebounds at 6'7". At 6'7", he can handle the ball. He can take you to the lane. He can shoot a jump over you, and he can jump out of the gym. So for today, and as always, always remember Hank Gellis, but today, shoot your free throws left-handed people and catch an alley-oop and throw it down with the thunderous dunk that Hank can fill it in the heavens, baby. Hey, man, Hank Gellis was something else, man. It was a shame that um, what happened to him, and it, you know they couldn't catch it, catch whatever we know what was wrong with him sooner. But um, you know you, you watch that special they did on him. It uh, you know I couldn't I couldn't imagine being a mom or a father. You see your kid collapse on the court and basically die right there in front of you. It was just heartbreaking to see that. Uh, forget about basketball. You know you just at that time you know it's just about you know family. And to see that happen, like I said, it was just it was just something else to watch. But um, we're gonna jump back into the NFL combine. I couldn't think the name off the top of my head, but the other guy that really impressed people is was Shaquem Griffin. He's a linebacker out of Central Florida, and when I say this kid got a motor on him, that's an understatement. I believe he lost his left hand at the age of four. And he he put up uh, I want to say he put up twenty was it twenty? 
was I think it was more than that. I I I don't watch. I just seen so many numbers. <laughs> I'm I'm just seeing numbers everywhere now. I'm about to. I'm I'm trying to get it now. And uh, I I, I want to say it was twenty nine. Might have been twenty nine. He did a he did a four point he four point three eight. 40-yard dash. As a linebacker, 4.38 40-yard dash. He's fa- He did faster than some of the running backs and the um, and the wide receivers in the, in the draft. I mean, he's just a freak, man. And I think today, I think he's supposed to be also be working out as a safety. He did his linebacker drills. He's also supposed to be working out as a safety, man. He I, I guess, you know, we were talking about it the other day with the stigma. Oh, he doesn't have a hand, so he won't be a good tackler, man. That is baloney because this kid is – he hits hard, and um, he's he's everywhere on the ball. So, I I, I just would – I can't wait to see him next level. You know, looking at him – and we 20, talked about him. He did 20 reps, KG, 20. Wow. Now, we talked about him last night, and I, I told you, I, I, with his speed and it, the, the, the intensity that he brings, I think they're going to move him back to safety. I don't think he's going to play linebacker. I think he's going to move back to safety because he's like that I'm going to sit in a box and I'm going I'm to knock your head off because he, when he he's fundamentally sound when he wraps up. Yeah, he is. He is, and I, and it, and it, it's probably. I, I'm pretty sure you know it, it doesn't stop him, but I'm pretty sure he has to be fundamentally sound. You know, missing that one hand, so he has to tackle you a certain way. But it's just he doesn't miss a beat, man. I mean, he he tackles better than people that have all the extremities. So, Jim, big Jim, I see you. You popped in here, man. What's going on? Uh, nothing much. We got to talk about Shaquem. Shaquem. Yeah, man. He, you, do you know that boy ran a four point three eight forty? No, no. I was just watching him. Uh, he just cramped up, and uh, he's on the field. He got. He said somebody asked him, "Was it gonna slow him down?" He was like, "Nah, I'm getting back out here." And sure enough, he uh, he back out here. But he was just cramping up a few minutes ago. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I was just telling him he did his linebacker drills. He said he played. Um, he played uh, in the uh, senior bowl. He played linebacker and safety. He's like, whatever gets me on the field, I'm of course, you want to hear that out of your players that, you know, hey, I'm willing to do whatever it takes, you know, to get in and on the field. And except in some cases, and we're about to get to that in a minute, but uh, he's definitely looking pressing. So I think he's doing his his DB safety workout today, the drill for that. Man, I, it, he's going to get drafted. It's just a matter of where, you know. Um, stay with the combine. I want everybody's opinion on this. Junie, you there? I want everybody mic check. Junie, KG, Jim, y'all there? We gonna, this is what we're going to dive into real quick. I'm here. Jim, you there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Junie, you there? Uh, all right, well, we're we going to – Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, quarterback for Louisville, Heisman Trophy winner. ACC player of the year. I mean, we can go on and on. Um, he's been asked to work out at quarterback. 
And I don't know. I don't know how to say it other than it's just when you when your when your stats rank as high or better at the end of the draft, which was quarterback. I don't care how athletic you are. Why is it that it seems like, and, and I know he's not the only guy that, that that's been asked to hey play another position or we want you to work out this position. But why does it seem like the black quarterback is always asked to work out as a receiver? Why can't the black quarterback, like Michael Vick was the exception. Michael Vick was a great athlete. He could probably could have played running back, wide receiver, but he made his he made his his name at quarterback at Virginia Tech making the plays for him. Now how come everybody else at quarterback can come in the league, have an offense tailored towards them? And and that's that's the end of it. You know, Josh Rosen, he's going to come in the NFL. They're going to cater an offense to him. Uh, Donaldson, uh, even um, what's the boy name from uh, Baker Mayfield? He's only six foot tall. And, and yeah, it's some six foot tall quarterbacks that are made of Flutie, Breeze right now, you know. But why, guys, talk to me. Do y'all feel like this is unfair, unjust? You And I, I love his response at the combine. When he said, no, I'm a quarterback. Yeah, let's end that right now. I love that. That, you know, let's not even talk about that. That's not an option. Jim, what you think? Yeah, it's um I don't know, man. It I really don't have an answer. It just that's you know, if you go back to where it used to be, some of the guys just not smart enough, you know. And like this, the only way they're gonna make the team. But you know, had a you know, Ryan Leaf then busted, and Brand Whedon hasn't looked hot. You know, everybody you expect to come out on top, um, that you expected to pan out hasn't. So it ain't like he can't make it as a quarterback on any team. He just needs the opportunity, and like you say, you just need an offense to be able to um, to cater to his needs or work to his strengths. And then, you know, as you work on the strength, you work on it, add his weaknesses in too. And so he'll progress uh, as a player. So, yeah, it's kind of crazy, but, um, you know, I hope he stays at quarterback. Now, I, he is. He, 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 told, he told them, whoever likes me at quarterback, that's where I'm going. That's strictly my position. That's words out of his mouth. Um, and, 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 they did the kind of did the same thing to Deshaun Watson last year. What did Deshaun Watson come in and do? If Deshaun Watson had played his entire season, he would have probably broke the um the the QB record, uh, the rookie QB record. I mean, I think he finished with twenty touchdowns. Chime in for me, man. What do what you think about this whole Lamar Jackson situation? Now, when you first brought this up and it was first reported, you brought it to everybody. And the first thing I thought, okay, you know, this is one of those things where they do that to a quarterback that can run, whether he, no matter what the race is, uh, let's move him over and see what he does here. Now, I, I brought it up about Tim Tebow, how they changed his throwing style in the combine, and I think that really hurt him because he had a more of a wind-up approach, but it worked. If it worked, leave it alone. 
But then I, I came home and I, I, I pulled up Lamar Jackson's stats. And I'm like, well, maybe he just was a runner. His Heisman year. Now, imagine Lamar Jackson is 6'3", 200 pounds. That's what he's listed at. But I think he's a little heavier than 200. But his Heisman year, he had a 56% completion rate. 3,500 yards. 30 touchdowns and nine interceptions. 8.7 yards per per attempt. Now, that's when he won the Heisman. Last season, he had a 59% completion rated. 3,600 yards, 27 touchdowns, 10 INTs. Like, why would I want to move him to quarterback? Like, are you serious? I mean, why would I want to move him to receiver? Are you serious? He needs to stay where he's at. He gets whether they cater the offense around him or not. But he gets with a team that is willing to work with him and, and say, you know what? We're going to take you from the level you're on and take you to the next level. You're our guy. Whether he starts right away or not, he is going to be something great in the NFL. And the only knock that's in his profile is that his legs are small. I don't, Joe Montana legs are small, but them little skinny bird legs got the dag on 49ers out of a lot of jams. So I don't want to hear nothing about that. Hey, hey, Kevin, man, look, Lamar Jackson watching his games, he can straight up play, man. I don't care if it's because of the college teams he played against. I mean, you're supposed to be who you're supposed to be and and, and, and hang with the people you're supposed to hang with, whether they're better, better than you. I mean, if you can hold up and get the upper, upper echelon of teams, I mean, this guy is awesome. I mean, he can run. He He's – the ultimate dual threat, man. It's just he's accurate. He can run. I don't know what more you can ask for. It's just when he makes it to the NFL, just don't make him a pocket passer. Don't 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 pigeonhole him. Let this man when he sees the lane, go for it. Just run. And look, don't take the shot. We're gonna work on your baseball slide. We're gonna work on you throwing it out of bounds. Man, I, I hope they just let this guy be free. But his college resume alone. ACC Player of the Year, Maxwell Award winner, Davey O'Brien Award winner, Walter Camp Award winner, AP Player of the Year winner, along with the Heisman. Like, and he did this playing quarterback. Now, I granted, the Heisman is not as big as it used to be. I remember that if you was a Heisman Trophy winner, nine times out of ten, you was going somewhere in the top five. But now, you know, but you got those exceptions, uh, Gino Toretta and Charlie Ward, like er, back in, you know, 20-some years ago. Those guys didn't – Charlie Ward didn't get drafted at all. Gino Toretta was drafted so late. But if you're the best college player, I mean, whoever needs, needs you at that position, you should be in the first, the first player pick at that position. That's the way I thought it would be, but – his resume speaks for itself. His stats speak for themselves. Hell, if don't nobody want him and he so happens to fall to 13, I wouldn't mind taking a flyer on him here in D.C. I'm sorry. Hey, hey, y'all. Now, y'all do know there are a lot of players that were switched from quarterback to another position, right? Yeah, yeah quite a few. Absolutely, absolutely. But it just seems I, like every time a black athletic quarterback comes into play, that has proven he can throw the ball around the field, 
and can add the running to it. Now they want to test him out at running back and wide receiver. Okay, so if that's the case, why aren't you asking the other quarterbacks if they can play any other position? Like, hey, you're 6'5". Let's see if you can play safety. You know, let's work you out at safe. No, because that's not an option. They, they, they consider them in their minds to be pure quarterbacks. So why can't this guy be a pure quarterback but add the dual – runner also I you know that's that's the problem I'm having like I said it, it's a never-ending Mike Vick Deshaun Watson finished with 19 touchdowns last year out of nine games I think it was nine games or seven games one or the other it's just it's it's crazy he played seven games last year finished with 19 touchdowns and eight interceptions so can you imagine if he played a whole season I mean what, what was stopping him from eclipsing 40 touchdowns Hmm. As a rookie. As a rookie. You, you're not even giving these guys a chance. You're not giving these guys a chance to show you that, hey, I can throw this rock around with the best of them, but also I can run the ball and, and, and get you out of situations and stuff. And the prime example I go to is RG3. RG3 came to D.C. And, and Mike Shanahan and Kyle Shanahan, they catered that offense to him. Hey, this is what you're going to do. This is what's going to make you successful. We're going to use your feet. Like, like Steve Young. Steve Young is a prime example. Steve Young could run you out the gym, but Steve Young can throw your, your passes and stuff. I, it's, he's a prime example. So why not take the Steve Young formula with your mobile quarterback? Hey, we, we're going to roll the pocket this way. We're going to do this. We're going to do some unorthodox stuff because you're so athletic. We're not trying to get you killed. But we know on top of you throwing a rock, you can run. And you'll have a defense in fits. Why would I want a, a ACC, two-time ACC player of the year, Heisman Trophy with at quarterback to be a running back or a receiver? That doesn't make any – he's proving to you he can throw the ball. So, for me, it's just frustrating hearing this year in and year out. Nobody asked Brock Osweiler, sorry, but to go play C6 back. <laughs> Yeah, go knock yeah, you're right. Down. Go play middle linebacker. You know, nobody asked him because he why they consider him a pure quarterback. I don't know if it's, you know, hey, we don't think he's smart enough to do it, which is also insulting too. Um, but whatever the reason is, I mean, I mean, we're none of us are NFL scouts, but, you know, whatever the reason is, as a black male, it is very frustrating. And I think to a certain degree is insulting. Hey, think about this, B. Think about this. You take Lamar Jackson. You put you put a nice offensive line that can zone block real good in front of him. You go zone block in the front, let the pocket slide with him. You roll him out to the left. You draw them linebackers in, and you send a speedster receiver up the seam and just let him lay that thing out for him. Old school sprint bomb Joe Gibbs style. Like, I think just imagine in my mind him doing that with the perfect offensive line that can really zone block the quick. And I, I, like, he's going to destroy people. Kevin, I agree with you 100%. I do too. And it, my thing is, my thing is, just like you said, Kevin, if now you got, <laughs> you got Deshaun Watson when he come back next year. You got Lamar Jackson wherever he goes and play quarterback. You have to almost almost have to every play either try to blitz him from his 
his, his weak side or from from his strong side make him run to his weak side make maybe make him throw a cross body um pass or something or you have to spy him that's already changing the defense that's already manipulating the defense now you you've done something they don't want to do or not not necessarily want to do you even took a man out of the play already just to spy on these quarterbacks and that tells you how dangerous they are yeah, I remember when uh when Mike Vick first came out, they he was unstoppable. They couldn't even they even were spying on him. He was just such a great athlete that they couldn't do anything with him. And they commit to the box and he throw it over the top to Algie Crumpler. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember yep. that. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um I, I I mean I'm glad to hear him say that he is not an option for him to work out as receiver. And I, I, whatever team gets him, I think they're gonna they're gonna be in for a treat. I think they, I think we're talking about Deshaun Watson type of player. I really, I think I really think we do. If he if he get the right coaching staff, it's all gonna be about the coaching staff. That hey, we're not gonna run this boring traditional offense. We gotta you gotta open the box for him, and you got you need somebody, you need an offensive coordinator, and it understands that hey, we're gonna open up this, for this kid, and we're gonna let him make plays. So, going on to the next topic. We talked a little bit about Sha- Shaquan Barkley and how impressive his um, his performance was at the Combine. Out of those top couple teams in the draft, y'all, who do y'all think probably needs a running back the most? I mean, we, we talk about this every podcast. Cleveland needs everything. But do y'all think that if he goes to the Giants that he could maybe healthy Odell – Maybe revitalize, get another year or two out of Eli. What y'all think? Uh man. Hey, somebody help me out right quick. What was the guy the Giants had that got hurt? Uh, David, he had to retire from the league. Well, right now they dark. Was, no, right? No, but once I think the Giants lost a step when they lost his name was David, I believe. He had to retire because he was he was a nice at running back. And I think that's, that led them not to have, like, a quality back. But I think the Giants, Giants can use him. I can't think of that guy's name. David I'm Wilson? Sorry. David Wilson? It may be. About three or four years ago, they lost him. He had to retire. Yeah, because he, so he, 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 he came in in 2012. Okay. And I think that probably set him back because he was a dependable running back. Yeah, they, they most definitely Giants should take this guy. I mean – Eli's getting older. He'll open it up for uh, Odell Beckham, and they still got Shepard, and you still got and you got the young tight end. Most definitely the Giants. What you think, Johnny? Well, I agree, man. Giants, Giants got a good squad. They just they just missing a couple, a few pieces, man. So I think he'll make a a, a really good addition to the New York Giants. KG, hey, what? Hey, what other teams are uh, for Saquon Barkley? Say that one more time, Junie. What other teams are looking at Saquon Barkley besides the Giants? They were talking about Cleveland taking him number one because he's that good of a player. But I mean, you got Cleveland number one, the Giants, and then the Colts. I think the Colts are looking at uh, Bradley Chubb. I think. 
I think that's, you know, from what I hear, I think they're kind of looking for a pass rusher, I think, an edge rusher. So, those first two teams, you you pretty much, Shaquan Barkley going to be gone unless somebody trades with Cleveland to move up and, you know, they feel like Josh Rosen or the Wyoming kid or, the, you know, the quarterback of the future and they're going to trade up and come get them. So, well, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the draft order. And we talk, we've been talking about the Cleveland Browns and taking the keys and what you would do. And I was thinking that Cleveland would trade that number one pick to get more later round picks. But if you trade that number one pick, you're going to lose out on Saquon Barkley. I mean, that's, that's, that's just in honest. I think, I think the Giants will take him at number two. If Cleveland doesn't take him at number one, the Giants will take him at number two because 29 times on the bench press, 225 yards, 225 pounds, I'm sorry. His 10-yard split was four. That is like one of the highest ever. He ran a 4 yeah. 40 a 41-inch vertical. Like, I, I, I took a note on him, and I just, I'm just watching. I'm looking at the notes, and I'm writing down the teams early that could take him. And the biggest thing I have on my note card is wow. Just wow. Uh, here's another question. Here's the thing, and I, I agree with you. I think the Browns should trade out of that number one pick and get multiple picks. And I I don't want to say it because I'm a Buffalo Bills fan, but Buffalo has two number one first-round picks later in the rounds. And I think they should package something to get up, come get their quarterback of the future, and then the Browns can get more picks. But staying on topic. Did y'all see how bad the Giants' offensive line was last year? Specifically, their left tackle. Yeah, yeah. So, if, if let's say they do draft Barkley, they have, somewhere along that draft they have to find some offensive line help because you could draft, you could have a young Adrian Peterson in the backfield. That offensive line ain't gonna get him nowhere. That is true. It starts up front, but you can find a stud of a tackle. In the second, and they have high – you know, any anytime you pick within the top five in the second round, you're still picking first-round talent a lot of times. Yep, you sure are. Yeah, you sure are. So, when it comes to second round, I mean, they should – I don't think the the, the the order has changed. I think they still got the number two in the second round. Mm-hmm. You could pick. You could pick a stud, but who? I mean, that's a, that's the great question. Who? Hey, I guess uh, you know it's kind of hard picking now. Guard are a little bit easier than picking tackles because remember Robert Gallery came yep. out of Iowa. Yep. Now Rob Robert Gallery was six eight. He was a hawk. He he reminds you of a, a a younger Jonathan Ogden, but he didn't work out at tackle. They had to move him to guard. And I don't mean like because of injury. I'm like, no, he did not work out at tackle at all. He moved to guard and played guard mostly. I'm like, you're a six eight guard. What the hell? Hey man, Mike Mike Mayock was, was you know, I, I said in the uh, last podcast, I love listening to him because he he breaks down so much. And he was looking at a tackle, and it was just like his arms aren't long enough to to do, you know, I guess you know the 
to to block like a tackle needs to block, and you're looking at it like, man, he's right. So I don't know, you know. I think at that tackle position at this day and age, we're talking about the '80s, nine early '90s, you know, NFL. Today in 2018, it's a whole different game. You got speed rushes like like the guy uh, uh, we were just talking about, uh, uh, Kim Griffin. Can you imagine if he's lined up at outside linebacker running a four three eight, <laughs> and you got your left tackle out there that can barely move laterally? He, you're going to get crushed. Matter of fact, the prime example of it was a couple of Super Bowls ago, Denver versus Carolina. Denver's front seven dominated Carolina's offensive line. They were just too fast and athletic with strength. So. You got this guy out here that can barely move left and right, heels clicking together, tripping over his own feet. By the time he get out there on, on one step, a guy like Shaquem Griffin's already past him, hitting the quarterback. <laughs> you know, that, that's true. Yeah, he, he's gone. So, uh, you know, that's why they have so many sacks. Yeah, you're right, Junie. You're right. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Next, next, next topic, and it's going to be a topic until Monday the 12th. The top five NFL free agents. Hasn't, <laughs> it hasn't changed at all. It hasn't changed at all. I think one guy should, that, that should come off the top five free agent list because he's not going anywhere is Drew Brees. Oh, whoa, whoa, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. We keep having this discussion until they all he is free game. And if Drew Brees yeah. called and said, "Hey, I want 120 million. Give him his money." Yeah, but we—I think we all agree that he, the, the Saints, are going to give him. I let me tell you why I think nobody signed. And, 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 it, and a report came out yesterday that Aaron Rodgers' camp was waiting for Kirk Cousins to sign so he could set the quarterback market. I, I think that's powerful. Aaron yeah. Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, the one the Super Bowl. And we all, if we start in a team, I think all four of us will take Aaron Rodgers before we take Kirk Cousins. So. I, I can agree with that. Even as a Redskins fan, I can agree with that. So, I think that tells you how powerful and how important this Kirk Cousins signing is that, you know, people are waiting for him to sign to see what type of money he gets so they can, you know, I mean, because you can't argue with me if I'm Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees. And Kirk Cousins are getting thirty million a year. I want more than thirty million a year, right? Yep, agreed. So we'll go past the Kirk Cousins, the Drew Breeses of the world. Late me on, Bill Jim. You there? Yeah, I'm here. Hey man, Le'Veon Bell, what's going on with Pittsburgh? We got two Pittsburgh Steelers fans on here, Junie and and Jim. I'm gonna let them talk about. If they should, Le'Veon Bell already said, if y'all franchise him again, he's not playing. So what, what, what should y'all do with Le'Veon Bell? Yeah, pay him his money or let him walk and find another running back. With, you, you're not gonna find somebody like him, but just start. Over. Pay him his money. You said pay him his money, Junie. If I could, I pay him out my pocket. We need Le'Veon Bell. We love Le'Veon Bell. Big Jim, what you talking about? Jim not there. See, one time, I think. Oh, I'm sorry. 
a lot of a lot of people, a lot of these players are getting tired of this uh, franchising, man. What you think? But you know, I don't know how you can be mad at franchising when it guarantees you X amount of money. He made twelve million dollars last year, guaranteed. I know you want a long term contract, but you can't tell me you can't. You're gonna argue about guarantee, uh, guaranteed money. It's no way in the world. And if they franchise him again this year, it's supposed to be like fifteen million dollars. You got fifteen guaranteed if you get cut, laid down, uh, pulled a hammy, poured everybody's water. You're getting fifteen million. Man, look, give him his money, make everybody happy. But Pittsburgh doesn't break the bank for too many people. You know, a few wide receivers, quarterbacks. That's not what Pittsburgh does. But at the same time, with somebody like 40% of your offense, you got to pay him what he's due. I mean, it's just like, it reminds me of Jimmy Graham wanting to be paid as a, a wide receiver. Man, the guy can run. He can pass block. He goes out into the slot. He go any route you and then talking to him, they say he he said he watches Antonio Brown. He mimics Antonio Brown. So if he's doing all this extra besides his running back work and trying to learn from somebody that's the best in the game right now, or one of the best, you, you, yeah, you, you got to you got to keep him. Well, let, let me let me just say this. Not a Pittsburgh fan, but if they don't, if they lowball Le'Veon, you won't see him in San Francisco. I'm sorry. He got Jimmy G out there. They trying to put something together. And the way Kyle Shanahan likes to run the ball, oh, Le'Veon will be in love with San Francisco and their offense. So if y'all don't pay him, he going to the West Coast. You know what, man? It don't make no sense. See, they're so confident. Everybody's saying Le'Veon's going to sign. Le'Veon's going to sign. I don't know why Pittsburgh is not going to pay him his money. Pittsburgh pays the money who they want to. I remember one time, uh, uh, Palomalu was getting paid big time. One of the highest defenders on the defense. So far as that, I don't know why they don't want to pay Le'Veon Bell, man. And like you said, one of y'all just said, he's 40% of the offense. He got the hands. He blocks. He, got, he does everything. So, Pittsburgh, please pay Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, I agree with y'all 100%. I think Unfortunately for Le'Veon Bell in his situation, he plays a he plays a position as that has been proven to where a team can just go find somebody else to fill a void. And Le'Veon Bell probably not that player. Like like y'all said, he's about forty percent of their offense. But I think that history shows that you can go find you another back to do the same thing. And if it in, in the NFL, we're not talking about a franchise cornerback, um, a left tackle that you can't get past, Jonathan Ogden's of the world, um, a shutdown corner, or a pass rusher from hell. We talking about like, uh, you know, Bruce Smithish. Then you're not getting paid, and and that, and that's because it, you're interchangeable. You're 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 replaceable, and I just think. As good as Le'Veon Bell is, I mean, you still talking about would he be that good without Ben Roethlisberger? You know, would he would he do the same thing in Buffalo's offense with Tyron Taylor? And the answer to that is absolutely no. 
Absolutely not. Now that all through the ladder's blocking from too. Then that's not all big being there. And see, that's what that's what they're saying. Like, if you're Pittsburgh's GM, you're like, hey, we got Big Ben, we got a, a nice offensive line. Do we even? I mean, can't we even? Beyond Bell, you know what I'm saying? Who? Demarco Murray, prime example. He could have probably been tearing it up in Dallas if he took that contract in Dallas, but he wanted more money. And he left. What KG? What was the first team Doctor Demarco Murray went to? Oh, Demarco. Where did he go? Uh, shoot. Uh, hold on. And pull this up. Demarco Murray went to Philly first. He went to Philly first, and he was he was more frustrated than you ever seen him in his life. He wasn't even getting the ball in Philly. Right. They had three running backs. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So. Do y'all, and I'm saying this because if you if we play this game all the time, and at the end of the, end of the towards the end of the broadcast, everybody we got a little game we're gonna play with y'all. But right now, if you put Le'Veon Bell on the Cleveland Browns, is he still forty percent of their offense? They can't even get him the ball. <laughs> he 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 not forty, he's seventy. Man, they gonna him. They gonna try to get him the ball. But I guarantee you he's not going to do what he was doing. he's doing in Pittsburgh. No, you know what he's going to turn into? He'll turn into Earl Campbell. It's third and 19. Hey, get a ball to Le'Veon. He's going to get you at least 18 and a half. Don't worry about it. We still got a punt, but he's going to get you 18 and a half. It's going to be like that. No, you're talking about the, o, the O.J. Simpson Bills team where he like 60, 70% of the offense? Yeah, but see, the thing with O.J., though, you know, what did the election company say? When OJ come around that corner, you see that big head bobbing because he got a song playing in it. Just get out of the way. <laughs> but, oh, man, that's that's just a bad situation all the way around the board, though. Uh, I hate to disagree with you guys. If I'm Pittsburgh, I move on. I move what? On. I move on. Yeah. I move on if I'm Pittsburgh. You have the Big Ben. You, big Ben had already showed you you got to question his heart and whether he's really into playing at all. So you, you, you gotta and the Giants are in the same situation. Now Big Ben is definitely not regressive. But I think you start have to you have to start looking for his replacement. So do you draft his replacement? You we all know you can find a running back in the later rounds. You can find you a stud in the later rounds if you, you got a good scouting department, you're doing your homework, which Pittsburgh always seems to, to, to find good players. They just one of them teams like the Patriots. You know, Eagles, the, the Giants, you know, well, not the current job. I mean, they, they find good players that have, always have a soft. I'm moving on from Le'Veon. I'm going to go get me a replacement back. Hey, hey, Brian. What's up? It, you know, the funny part is part of me agrees with you. Because I, I think they should move. They Maybe they should move on. But I want him to – me personally, I want him to stay. But – me personally, I like James Conner because he's straight downhill. He has decent speed. Sometimes watching Le'Veon just stand there and be patient, I'm like, man, if you don't hit that hole, I'm going to come through this TV and just pull you through the hole. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's here or there. It's like, ah, I, I, I need him to stay. But if they lose Le'Veon, the running back game is going to suffer 
because he may not have that much trust with James Conner as he does with Le'Veon Bell. And this also increases the chance of him targeting A.B. even more than what he does when A.B.'s on the field. And both of them's on the field at the same time. So this is going to increase the catches for A.B., which he'll love. But that means Ben's going to throw it in the three coverage, four coverage. It's going to be all 11 people can be on A.B. He's still going to throw it to him. So I, if they lose out on, on Bell, it's going to be real detrimental to that offense. Now, moving on, staying with NFL free agency, I'm looking through the list. Demarcus Lawrence is up there at defensive end, but I think the Cowboys, you know, they, they already said if they don't get a deal done with him, they're going to franchise him. Um, you still got Allen Robinson out there coming off of uh, – yeah, he, you know. Um, let's, I'm looking at the list. Sheldon Richardson. I don't know why Sammy Watkins is in the top ten. Sammy Watkins. <laughs> I, I, I just I don't understand why why he's even an option. It, it just baffles me that Sam. Um. He shouldn't be nowhere on this list at all. Andrew Noel, yeah, he, uh, the guard from uh, Carolina. Definitely, definitely interesting to see where he lands. Kyle Fuller. Case Keenum is another interesting QB name because depending on it, it, it all it all depends on where Kirk Cousins lands and how to, that's going to determine the, the QB carousel. If Kirk Cousins goes to the Vikings, you guys, what do y'all see Case Keenum signing? Cleveland. I was oh, thinking the same goodness. thing. Cleveland oh, Brown. No. no. I have to agree. I have to agree. But, I mean, think about it. We we talked about it. Uh, What was it? Was it last Saturday we talked about it? When we talked about Oh, was it? It might have been Thursday. He's only got one payday, and this is that payday. He's going to go for the money. Yeah. And he's and he'll make sure most of it's guaranteed. That way, if they cut him because he's not playing, he still got paid. He can go elsewhere. He needs one payday. That's all he needs. Why not? You know what? I think he's going to get that time. And if he go to Cleveland. Because one time, Hugh Jackson said he didn't think Deshaun was ready. So if Case Keaton was to go to Cleveland, whoever Cleveland gets, they're going to start. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you're right about that. You're right about that. On to the next topic. NBA. We're going to touch on the NBA a little bit, and then we're going to go into a small game before we close it out for today. Do y'all believe that the Rockets and the Rap- Rockets and out of the West, I think straight games. The Raptors beat last other night. They beat an always inconsistent Wizards team. Now, I could talk about the Wizards party for an hour, but I'm not going to give them any type of love right now. Um, do y'all think they're legit? You think they'll stay number ones? Do y'all have them going to the finals in each of their conference in the East and the West? I got the Raptors taking the East, but that's only because Cleveland is not as strong as they normally are. The Raptors nine and one the last ten. 
They 44-17 overall. They put up good points. I mean, a seven-game series, they're going to weigh you down. The Rockets, as long as Chris Paul and Harden play the way that they do, and they've won 15 straight, and they're making it look easy. I, I think they, they they in a seven-game series, they're going to push – if they don't beat Golden State, they're going to push Golden State to the brink. Hey, man, this is Houston's year. I agree. Timmy off saw the game last night when Houston played Celtic. Heck of a game. Heck of a game. Yes, it was, man. Heck of a game. I agree with y'all 100%. I got – I got – um. I got the go the Warriors and the the Warriors and the Rockets in the West. I don't think anybody can compete with those two teams in a seven game series. My initial think Carfish Finals was the Celtics and the Cavaliers, but I'm going to have to. I think I like. I'm starting to like Toronto a little bit more, so I'm gonna have to go Celtics and the Raptors in the East Finals. I just think the the Cavaliers are just too inconsistent. I know they don't have Kevin Love right now which he'll make a huge difference in their play and, you know, their download presence. But right now, if I got to say, they, the, the Raptors are they're playing as a unit. They got good bench. Rosen and um, Lowry are playing lights out. I think it's been two teams in the East Finals. Hey, BJ, when are they saying Love's coming back? Have they set a date yet? Uh, I don't know if they have they set a date yet or not. Um I know he just said that the timetable they had for him, he said he probably wouldn't be back by that time. No, no, he – I'm sorry. It says he'd, he'd be opposite to make the return on that timeline. I'm trying to see. They, I think they said eight weeks. So, we'll see, you know, what uh, what happens you know, with Kevin Love. Like he said, he's going to make a difference. He definitely will make a difference. He's going to be another weapon. I mean, he's a – I think he's a legit number two person, you know, with definitely LeBron on the team. So, right. Uh, you know, we'll definitely have to see how that goes. And if he comes back, I think it'll it'll definitely be one of those three teams facing each other in the East Final. I know the Wizards are number four. And, you know, they're a different team with John Wall, but I don't think they can be any of those teams in the seven games. So, you know, this time uh, a person like Walkman, like always, said like they hurt the team. You, you agree? Say that again, Junior. It seemed like when a person gets hurt, and when he come back, he makes his return. It seemed like they hurt the team because the, the team builds that chemistry. Yeah, I agree with you one hundred percent. We we locally we watching the Wizards right now be grow up without John Wall. Right. So you you know when John Wall come back, it's going to be. It, it, like they're they they're moving right now. They're playing. They're distributing the ball now. When John comes back, it's gonna be like okay. So now we gotta have him handle the ball and him, you know, get his shots. And we gotta worry about him doing this, that, and the other. Um, K- KG, we were talking about Wall coming back the other day, wasn't it? Yeah. And you know, when when a player comes back like that, you gotta change the minutes around. Yeah. That. Exactly. The guys that were getting the touches are not getting the touches no more. And what when Wall comes back, what does that mean for Kelly Oubre? What does that mean for Sadoransky? Because those minutes that Wall is missing are going to those 
guys coming off the bench. They're not going to the stars. The stars are still getting their minutes. They're going to those other guys coming off the bench. See, but and, and here, here, here's being devil advocate. It could also work the other way around. Sadaransky and Ubrain and got all these minutes now. Now, when they come off the bench or play now, they they've got more experience in playing, and could they could be smooth or transitioning in? Because now they got more playing experience. You could go deeper on your bench, you know. So it could work out that way too. So we'll just have to see how that works when uh, John comes back. Also, so we're gonna go. We're gonna start a game. Guys, the game is called What If, and this is going to finish off our podcast for the day. You could pick any moment in sports time and and what if it. Like, what if such and such player didn't miss this shot? Or what if such and such did this? Would it change, you know, how would it change sports history? KG, I'm going to let you start off with your what if. Well, you know, I got a lot of what ifs. Uh, what if I asked you last night? It, you know, just hypothetically, what if Bo never would have got hurt? Would we be talking about Bo Jackson as the greatest athlete ever? And and I I I say yes. I say yes. you know, Bo wasn't human. Bo wasn't from. Bo was not from this from this world. How can you dislocate your hip on the field? Lay there, take a deep breath, pop it back in a place without screaming. That's not that's not earthly possible. I think I, I'm with you because he was dominant in all the sports he played. Like if he doesn't get hurt, if his body holds up, I think we're talking about. I mean, he's already considered one of the greatest sports people of all time. Anyway, even with his injury. You know, so I think that I think yeah, I I, re- I agree with you. If he didn't, he doesn't get hurt. You know, he's probably on a, no- a whole nother pedestal. Junie, what you got, man? You got one? You know what? I got a really, really big what if, and all three of y'all can comment on this. What if Lynn Bias didn't go hang out with his so-called friends to celebrate that night? Will we be looking at the the greatest of all time? Man, that's 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 one heck of a point. KG, you are a Lynn Bias fan. You are you you know that history. I'm gonna let you chime in on the first, and then Jim, you could go. Well, you know, personally, my mother told me stories of Lynn Bias when I was younger. That's one of the reasons that kept me off of drugs, period. So Lynn Bias saved my life. Always going to be a fan. Always, you know, I, so that's like the biggest basketball what if. You think about it. Now, everything happened the same way, but he played. The Celtics still get Reggie Lewis. Him and Reggie Lewis play together. You got two guys, 6'7 and 6'8. Reggie Lewis put the ball on the floor. He can pass. He can shoot. Lynn Bias got one of the purest jumpers you've ever seen in your life. That prolongs them coming off the bench early. Prolongs Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, and Robert Parrish's Boston tenure, and and you know McHale and Bird's career because they don't have to play so many minutes. Bird can rest his back a lot more because he got the young guys. They wind up getting a point guard. 
And then them, them next thing you know, them them young puppies they run. That that would have that would have prolonged the Boston dynasty a little bit longer. Jordan wouldn't have six championships because he has a true contemporary to go against. Because little do anybody know, Jordan and Lynn Bias were actually really really close. When they met in uh, North Carolina in high school, and it was a, a trip that they went on. And they said when uh, Jordan met Lynn Bias, Lynn Bias like, yeah, my name Ice. And Jordan was like, yeah, I'm Black Ice. And they would battle back. So it was a, it was a lot of respect there. But that's somebody that Jordan knew had the fire that he had and he could go up against. He would have had a peer. He would have had, that would have been Bird Magic Part 2. So they would have took the NBA to even higher heights because it would have been exciting to watch them. Boston would have at least two more championships. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Lynn Bias, Reggie Lewis, you're talking about a whole different Boston team. Then, and you like you said, that would have been a whole in the East for Jordan to go up against, uh, for everybody to fight against. That, you know, what I'm saying, you it's no telling what that team could have done. You had both of those guys, Reggie Lewis and Lynn Bias, pass away way earlier than what they should have uh, gone way too soon, but they definitely would have transformed that team into something special, I think. That was a good one, Junie. Hey, Jim, Jim, I know you say skip you, but are you there? I just want to see if you're there and maybe want to touch in. You there? All right, so Jim gone. So we're going to move on to mines, and then we're going to finish off the podcast with this. Like I said, we're local. We're in the Maryland area. I want to go back to 1996 of the American League Championship Series between the New York Yankees and the Baltimore Orioles. A guy you might not know is a household name, Jeffrey Mayer. At the time, he was 12 years old. He deflected a batted ball that was hit by Derek Jeter into Yankee Stadium stands for what the umpires ruled to be a home run instead of what every part of the country and the world saw except New York, the New York tri-state area, which should have been fan interference. Now... The Yankees went on to win 4-4-1 and going to the World Series to start their – they already were a dynasty, but to start their new run with their new captain, Derek Jeter, and everything. If Mayer doesn't interfere with that ball, or if it's called the right way, which it should have been, which is fan interference, does that change that the momentum of that series? Most definitely. Most definitely. Hey, KG, tell, tell everybody uh, who's your favorite baseball team. <sighs> None other than the 27-time world champions. He's been a Yankee fan since 94 when I first really got into baseball. But watching Derek to play made me a diehard Yankee fan. One of the greatest. Definitely not taken away from what they did because they had great teams. You know, Jorge Posada, Bernie Williams. Uh, the greatest closer ever, Mariano Rivera. They're about to say one of the greatest closer ever. I mean, I cannot take away from what they did, but 
And that's the whole fun of this game, what if. If he never – I think if he never interfered or it was called the right way, momentum in playoff series, whether whatever sports you're in, when that momentum shifts, and you can talk to the Buffalo Bills of the 90s when that momentum shifts, boy, it's a big-time shift. And it's almost like getting hit by a truck. And if you don't do anything to – to stop it or you don't counteract it quick, you're, you're going down. A.B., let me ask you this. Wasn't that the same year that Brady Anderson hit 50? He hit 50 home runs? <sighs> that was that was Brady Anderson breakout year. Kyle was still at the top of his game. I mean, the Orioles would – I'm not going to say loaded or stacked, but they had a pretty daggone good team. And they, they, they grounded out a lot of wins. That was supposed to be their year, because after that, everything kind of sort of went downhill after that season. Yeah, it, that it did. That it did. Uh, I was trying to look and see how many home runs Brady Anderson hit that year. Yeah, that that was his fifty home run year. Because the next they, year, next year he only had eighteen. They tried to uh, they tried to say that he was uh, he was on that creatine was steroids, but creatine is is natural. It's enough for supplement. Uh, hey, definitely, definitely, I think would have probably changed the whole the the whole scope of that series. So, hey, man, that's that's all we got for y'all today. We hope y'all enjoyed us talking about these subjects today. And like always, you can reach us at oob show podcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter, OOB Show Podcast 4. That's our Twitter handle. We got our Facebook page, uh, Out of Bounds Podcast. We're going to put some pictures up there soon so you can see who you talk, who's talking and have some faces to go with the uh, with the, the chit-chat. KG, what are we on as far as uh, downloading the podcast? You can hear us on Apple, iTunes. You can hear us on Overcast, Stitcher. And play music on Android devices. It's not in the Google Play Store, but it's actually play music. Hey, Junie. You still there? Hey, uh, Junie must must be having some technical difficulties. I'm going to say what Junie said last week. If you want to book the Out of Bounds show for anything, uh, events, please email us. OOBshowpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we reply quick. So, with that being said, for Big Jim, Junie, I know you, if you can hear me, KG. Yes, sir. Hey, man. Appreciate all y'all. And we'll bring it back to you. We'll be back with the uh, Tuesday edition of Out of Bounds. We're going to start bringing it to you three days a week on a, on a weekend, Tuesday and Thursday. We'll talk a little bit more about the NFL combine ending and – um I'll probably would do going to some mock draft, but that's all our time for today. We hope you all enjoyed the show, and please enjoy your Sunday and be safe out there. Until next time, this is out of bounds, and we will see y'all later.